0: We are nearing the uh, end of Pastor Mark's sabbatical time. He's going to be back on uh, coming up on um, November 5th, which is our vision service day. So put a little plug in there for vision service if you can circle that on your calendar. We will be at the Hyatt Regency Hotel. And once a year we go there and we communicate the vision for the upcoming year and thank God for the past year. Amen. And so we are looking forward to that, and Pastor Mark's going to be back. We're going to give him a a big, warm hug and just say, welcome back, Pastor Mark. And so um, Joanne, she has been um, able to have some more time with Pastor Mark at home, and he even got to go on a uh, a little vacation together, and uh, I know that uh, she has uh, really uh, been so excited to be able to come and give the word this morning can we welcome up uh, joanne Uh,
1: (laughs) okay thank you for coming this morning Um, let's open in prayer lord we just give thanks to you for today and for your all that you want to do here this morning and in in our church so we pray lord let your kingdom come your will be done and fill me with um your spirit and your word for us, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, good morning. Good morning. <sighs> this week we're going to continue on with our series for da- about David. Our passage today is 2 Samuel 22. It's David's song of praise to God. Um, in it, we can see who God is through David's eyes. If you pull out your outline, you can fill out the first um, part is who is God. In this song of praise that David gives, we see who God is in his eyes. He sang in verses 2 and 3, 17 to 19 and 31 to 32, I pulled out um, the verses where David talked about who God is. He sang, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. Who? He is a shield to all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. A fortress is a place of protection, a place of refuge, a place of safety. Are you looking for a place like that in this crazy world? I am. God wants to be that place for you and me, just as he was for David. God is not only a shield to us, he is also our savior. The power that saves us. He saves us from violence. He is our deliverer, just as He delivered David from Saul's murderous threat. I asked the Lord for examples to share, and three memories came to mind that I haven't shared with anyone, so you'll be the first to hear about it. In my sophomore year, I um, would walk home from school. I was about a mile, um, my, I lived a mile from Castle High School. And so one day I was walking home, I walked through the football field, through the back parking lot, down the residential street. And as I was walking, two guys were uh, in one of the garages, talking really loudly and laughing. And I don't know why, I just nervously walked by them. And um, then I, they were talking and chatting. All of a sudden, I heard one of the guys say, hey, he like raped that girl. I'm like, my gosh, Lord, what, what did he say? Oh, and I started praying, Lord, I pray for your protection. I pray that you bind them in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I started walking really quickly down the street. And um, I noticed, like I was listening for footsteps to run after me, but I noticed that it was all silent. That after I prayed, like it was silent. I was too scared to look back. I just continued walking and I made it home safely. <clears throat> God, and, but it made me wonder, like, what did God do to them, you know? <laughs> The second memory that came back is, as a teenager, I would ride the bus. And, you know, sometimes riding the bus is not always the safest place for girls. Anyway, the bus that I was on was filled with um, high school kids. They were in uniform. It was really busy. One day, I, got, I had a chance to sit in the seat, not in the face-forward seat, but the parallel seat. And I was like, oh, so happy, right? I get to sit down. And um, the bus was making their stops, and students were coming and going. And this guy walked in, and he sat down on the parallel seat across from me, but not directly, back parallel. And I noticed that he had, like, evil eyes. You guys ever seen someone like that? Like, I was like, oh, he looks like he has demon in his eyes. And so I was a little scared. And then I glanced up at him, and he was staring right at (gasps) me, like, leering. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Lord. I just pray for your protection, Lord. Send your angels. I pray that you protect and, you know, deliver me and protect me, Lord. And the next time I kind of glanced up, instead I was expecting him to keep looking at me. I was wondering what to do. But instead of looking at me, he looked scared. Like he was like looking away, like, like he was scared. I was like, oh, what did the Lord do? And the next stop, he took off. Did he see like an angel? What, what did the Lord do? But he answered, just as David did for David, he did for me as a young girl who put my trust in him and called out to him. The third um, memory that I had, um, I used to work at this bakery, my first part-time job, um, uh, full, full regular part-time job. I worked at the bakery because my first job was at the cannery. But <laughs> my first regular job, I worked at the bakery after school. And the bakers would come in early, like 2.30. The, the owners would come in a little later, like seven. And they'd all leave by about four. Um, and just two part-time workers, like myself, um, would work to close till nine, and so I was with my coworker. And that night, um, you know, it seemed like a little slow, but um, we were in the front, just chatting, waiting for customers. And then five guys walked in, and um, the guy started asking my coworker out, like he wanted to go out with her. <laughs> and she goes, "No, no," and she put him off. And then she walked in the back, and he went and followed her with all his five guys, <laughs> went in the back of the bakery where no one was. And he, they were like I could hear them talking. I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So I went in the back just to, like, for her sake, right? Kind of go back there. And they just ignored me. She was on the table and kind of pushing away from him. And he's like leaning toward, her, come on, come on, go out with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, what are we gonna do? Then um, one of his guys, they were, they were all like swarming the bakery. One of the guys went to the front and he had a wad of money in his hand. He goes, look what I found. He had gone into the register and took, took all the cash from there. And then at that point, I'm like, I went in the front. Okay, hey Lord, help me know what's going on. I pray for your protection. I pray that you come. And where are the customers? There's like nobody coming in, you know. I prayed for a bit. I prayed for a while. And finally, I was pacing back and forth and just praying. And I was looking at the phone, wondering what to do. And it seemed like a long time. I don't even know how long I waited, but three cops came in. And they said, is everything okay here? At first I was like, oh right, the cops came in to buy pastries. But he goes, is everything okay here? I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to see you. And the guys in the back heard. And so they came out. My um, co-worker grabbed the money from the boy, put it in the register. He said, they're just leaving. Everything's fine. And she ushered them out. But before he did, The guy who was trying to ask her out, he seemed like a leader. He came to me, hey, you went, call the cops out. I'm going to get you. I go, no, I didn't. Like, honestly, I wish I would thought of it, but I didn't (laughs) even. I was just calling out to the Lord and asking him for help. And he sent the cops. So after they left, my coworker was nervous for me. I mean, I didn't realize how bad this boy was, I guess. She goes, hey, Joanne, you didn't call the cops, did you? I go, no, I really didn't. I wonder who did. She looked, like, so nervous for me. And I've never had trouble with that guy after. The Lord is awesome, isn't he? Call on him and he will be there just as he was for David. In 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one, 31 God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. The second thing we can know about God through David's song of praise is that God is my lamp He lights my darkness. In verse 29, it says, O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights my darkness. We live in a dark and confused world. How do we get God to light our darkness? In Psalm 119, 105, it says, God's word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The word of God is an awesome book. It's like no other. It's inspired by God. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is alive and powerful and is sharper than a two-edged sword that cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. In Proverbs 30 it says, every word of God proves true. The Lord has been telling our prayer team that dark times are coming and are already here. We just need to look at the news to see it, right? He has also been telling the prayer team to be daily in his word. God will be our light in dark times when we have his word in our hearts. If we want to be strengthened and equipped, we need to have God's word in our hearts. God will illumine our darkness. He will be our help when we read his promises and believe them. That is our faith. Faith is not blind. Faith is not oh, I hope God gives me this. Faith is hearing what he says and believing him. Is God able? He is. If we do our part, he will come through on his part. So I want to encourage you to equip yourself. The church is helping us by making us bookmarks. And this, is, this reading is, in two years, you can read through the whole Bible. So I want to encourage you to equip yourself. The third thing we can know about God through David's song is God gives us strength. He empowers us and gives us victory. In 2 Samuel 30 and 30 to 37, in your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hand for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. In the past few months, we've been going through the stories of David. We've seen God do mighty things through him, right? He was just a young shepherd boy without any armor, and he killed and defeated Goliath, who was a giant and a veteran. Um, God prophesied that David would be king, um, and he became king. He saved him from Saul's murderous threat. God enables us, God strengthens us, God's help make us great. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but with him, nothing's impossible. Isaiah 26:12 says, all we accomplish is really from you. We can't succeed in life without the Lord, and he doesn't even ask us to. Instead, he promises to be with us till the end. As we walk in obedience to the Lord, he equips us to do things we normally wouldn't be able to do, Nothing is impossible. If you're an adventurous person, you'll love walking with the Lord. If you're not adventurous like me, it will be a thrill to be in the front row seat to seeing God's hand move. Right in front of you. My, um, me standing in front of you today is evidence um, of, of what I'm sharing with you. I'm like the vast majority of people whose greatest fear is public speaking. <laughs> And as I prepared for this message, the Lord told me, don't be afraid, I will be with you. I believe him. That that word, that promise of God was good enough for me to stand here before you and share the things he's taught me. Um, The second thing that we can learn from this song of praise that David gives is to position ourselves. Um, uh, If we want to receive God's protection and help, his light and strength, um, then there are certain things that David talks about in this passage that we need to do. The first thing is to turn from our evil ways and do good in God's sight. Second Samuel verse 22, verse 21 and 22, the Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. God is the God who looks at our heart. We are saved not because we are sinless and good, We are saved when we humbly turn to God and receive forgiveness of our sin by the power of Jesus' blood. It's only by God's grace when we turn to him in faith. We come to God just as we are. He doesn't require us to change ourselves because, frankly, we can't. But when we align ourselves in faith with God, he empowers us. He transforms us to change to become more like him. The key factor is if you're willing. The Lord once told me as I struggled with spiritual battles, He said, Joe, the power you have in your hand is your choice. Over the years, I've I've, um, grown to understand what God meant by that. Who will I choose to follow? Who will I choose to obey and trust? The Holy Spirit or the flesh? Colossians 3, 9 to 10 says, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. These are things to strip off in verses 5 to 8. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desire. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, Slander and dirty language. Um, further down, in verses 12 to 15, God tells us what to put on. So the things I read were the things we need to strip off. The things to put on is, since God chose you to be his, the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others above all clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony and the peace and let the peace that comes from christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body you're called to live in peace and always be thankful do you see that after we receive the gift of life and restored relationship with god through jesus we still need to choose what to put on and what to strip off of our life daily God wants us to choose to obey his word and the Holy Spirit daily. If we choose to sin, we're choosing to follow a worldly spirit and not the Holy Spirit. Is all lost? No. Today is the day to turn from evil, turn to the Lord, and choose to walk in his way. 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness power of the blood of Jesus is. It's a daily choice. We can turn to turn away from evil and turn to the Lord. Um, I was asking the Lord what, what um, examples. And, um, and so, I'm just going to share honestly with you. I don't know about you guys, but there's stuff in this world that like, can make you angry, right? It could be a stranger being rude, or it could be something more hurtful. And... Um, um, I would like, start getting mad. I find myself starting to get angry. And so I said, Lord, bless them. I forgive them. And I'm still struggling with these feelings of anger. And so um, I found something that worked that I wanted to share with you. And I'm not talking only about anger. I'm talking about any sin, uh, th- any feeling that leads you to sin, um, any compulsion, anything you know that you're doing that is not pleasing to the Lord, like we read about in Colossians. Um, my trick is, I'll just go... Lord, help me. I don't want to be an angry woman. <laughs> help me, Lord. You know, and then they would just live. Isn't that awesome? Do you see it's the power of God when we come to Him? So it, I did choose. I did choose not to just continue being mad. I did choose to choose to forgive and bless them. But it was God's help that I needed to get this negative thing that would lead me into sin off. The second thing God requires us is to be humble, not proud. In verse 8, David said, You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. Throughout the Bible, we see how God will contend with the proud, but helps the humble. It's not fun to walk humbly. When you walk humble, you feel junk. But it is great to see God move on your behalf because you've walked humbly. Proverbs 16, 5 and 8 says, The Lord detests the proud. They surely will be punished. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. So again, just make it our choice to put aside pride and walk humbly with the Lord and ask him, help me, Lord, to walk humbly with you. The third one, hear and obey God. In Acts 13.22, we see why God calls David a man after his own heart. but But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to. It's not okay to know what God wants you to do and not do it. We see what happened to Saul. The kingdom was taken from him and given to David. Again, today is the day to confess to the Lord your sins. The power of his blood will cover you, wash and cleanse you, dust yourself off, stand up, and walk with the Lord again. Um, The next point is not in the passage, but as I prepared this message, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to bring it up. It's regarding pain. <clears throat> Many times I've heard people say, if you get serious about the Lord, the devil attacks you more. Has anybody heard that? Has anybody felt that? Okay. We, we tend to avoid pain, but pain has its purposes. It does cause you to count the cost. Our prayer team has prayed for a lot of babies. Everyone who comes to us and asks us Poor child knows that that child will come with labor pain. Yet they're willing to go through with it. Children are a gift from a God. And those parents who come to us, the moms, are counting the cost. Recently, my daughter and I started an exercise class. At the end of class is pain. Sometimes the pain lasts a few days. But we know the pain is worth it to become healthy and stronger. So we go back to the class. <laughs> First Peter 4, 1 through 2. And, and the same goes with following Christ. Got to count the cost. In 1 Peter 4, 1 2, 2, so then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer. Be ready to suffer too, for if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you're anxious to do the will of God. Verses 12 to 14, further down in 1 Peter 4. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. Jesus is coming back. We did communion. It's to remember what he did for us, that he died for our sins, he rose from the dead. But you know, communion is also to remember. He said he's coming back again in the clouds, and we want to be ready for him. Matthew 16, 24 to 27 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you want to be my followers, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with angels in his glory, in the glory of his Father, and will judge the people according to their deeds. There's last three things that I want to share with you today. And these three things are things that the Lord um, you know, uh, has told me to tell you, not purposely for this message, but you know, when we gather to pray and we hear the Lord, he will tell me the first point, um, he would tell me, um, tell them, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. When you feel darkness shrouding you, when you feel distressed, call on his name, just like I did in, in, um, when I was younger and I still do now. <clears throat> we are trusting in a living God. Christianity only works because our God is a living God. And so we have to take his word, put it in our hearts, believe it, and trust it. Every word will come true. Romans 10, 11 to 13 says, as the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The second thing that the Lord's been telling me is, uh, okay, so it's remember to give, to give God glory and praise just as David did in 2 Samuel passage. Psalm 5, 11 and 12 said, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. Sing your, spread your protection over them. That all who love your name may be filled with joy. For you bless the godly, O Lord. You surround them with your shield of love. <clears throat> so the Lord would tell me, teach them to praise me. It's a mighty weapon of warfare. Teach them to praise me. Praise delights me. That's one of the reasons why when we start service, we start it with worship. So don't look at it as a <clears throat> you know, dentist music kind of thing. It's, it's, really, it's really something that we come before the Lord and a mighty, powerful thing happens. Um, uh, so because the Lord tells me, come to me, worship, come to me with praise, whenever we gather, before we pray, we put on the YouTube and sing some worship songs. And I know I'm doing it right when, um, when I'm, look, I'm worshiping and I'm looking up at heaven, and I picture the throne of heaven, and I see God stand up. Jesus stands up, and they're like, oh, she's worshiping. <gasps> I know I'm doing it right. We can sing when we worship and enjoy singing, we can listen to the people around us or the worship team and go, wow, they're good. Or we can do it right by pointing our focus on the Lord and singing him to Him the praise song that He deserves. Other times um, during the prayer time, I'll see, like you, you know how when you see a cartoon and they make rain, you see like little lines like that? I call it steel rain because that's what I see falling. Sometimes when I'm worshiping and we're doing it right, you know what it's It's like a weapon, the steel rain falling on the invisible enemies around us. They're invisible, but they're present. And, and I feel like sometimes I'll go into it, I'm feeling all junk and my mood's not good, and I'm going to going to the prayer team, we're going to do this, and we worship, and I see the steel rain falling and all of that lift. You know, like rain cleans the air? When we worship, the Lord sends steel rain that cleans the spiritual air in the atmosphere. Pretty cool, yeah? Okay. Then the last thing that I have for you today is I was was preparing this message last week, Sunday. I heard the Lord say, tell them I'm coming soon. God is giving us time to get ready. Let your hearts be right with the Lord. It's our choice to put his word in our heart. Nobody can do it for you. The pastor preaches every week from the pulpit, but it's in their hearts and they're sharing with you. What goes in your hearts is what you take from here. Put in your heart. One of the big things is hear and obey. Walk humbly with the Lord. This is all how we'll prepare. Because there's things that I think he wants you to accomplish before he comes. When he comes, how will he find you? We want to be ready. Who would like to be ready when Christ comes? Stand up then, if you want to be ready. And then let's pray. God's word is true. Every word will prove true. A lot of times what we don't notice, though, is in his word, he gives us instruction. If we do our part, he'll do his. So all we need to do is make sure we're doing our part. Lord, we stand before you. And just thank you for being our savior. We pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you just help us, Lord, to walk in the ways that we need to so that we can position ourselves, Lord, to be empowered by you, to be protected and delivered by you, and to be... um, delivered by you. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Um, And so we ask, Lord, for all of us, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you'll send your Holy Spirit and that we will understand and know that our choice will be to follow you, Lord, to count the cost and to know, Lord, that all your words prove true. Come and move, Lord, here amongst us. Build your church here at KCF, Lord, that we will be a people who will be your people you can flow through. Empower us to live for you, Lord. Help each one of us here to grow, to know our Creator, and become more like you every day. I pray pray that the peace of Christ will rule now in this place, Lord. I pray that you establish your truth and uproot the lies of the enemy from our lives. Just as Don was saying, the enemy speaks to us, we have a choice to say, no, I don't agree with you, go away. And receive the word of God and say, Lord, I believe in you. Come, Lord Jesus. Manifest yourself in my life because I need you. It's too hard to live, but with you I can do it. Apart from you, we can't do it. Come and and do your great and mighty works here in our midst, Lord. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.